Welcome to Training Unleashed, the show that will help you design and deliver training that's off the chain and will make a difference. Now, here's your host, Evan Hackle. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another exciting edition of Training Unleashed. Today, I think we are extremely lucky. Uh, I'm not great with pronouncing names. Anyone who listens to the show knows this, but we have Jennifer Colosimo. Did I get that right, Jennifer? Yes. Yay. Yes. <laughs> she is a senior vice president with Franklin Covey. She's a thought leader and she is an author. And I don't know how many people know this or, or, or don't know this, but uh, this is actually the 20th anniversary of the seven habits. And 30th, Evan, 30th. 30th anniversary of the seven yes, habits. Yes, sir. And uh, to me, uh, they're like a building block. You know, it, it's sort of like, where do you start? And these are sort of like grounding principles uh, that I think every good business, every good business uh, should, should run. I, I would imagine you, you agree with that, Jennifer. Is that true? I think so. <laughs> so we all know right now, and you know, some people, because not everyone listens right away, Jennifer, some people might listen after the pandemic is over, which would be kind of cool because then we could hear what we're talking about. Um, but I've asked Jennifer to do something very interesting, and that is to talk about the Franklin Covey Company itself and how it applies the seven principles to dealing with the change that's happening in the world today. And then we're going to take some time at the end and talk about each of us as people and how to use the seven habits in our life. So this really should be a fantastic episode. Uh, so Jennifer, what's, why don't I just turn it over to you and, and tell us how things are going and what you guys are doing. Well, um, and I appreciate that some will be listening to this after the fact, but first to go out to your listeners and recognize we're all facing an, a really unique challenge. And as we apply the seven habits of highly effective people, those principles are timeless. Even though we're at the 30th anniversary, it's the practices of how you apply pretty timeless principles, choice, empathy, purpose, right? Um, we may have said synergy, but that also means agility and innovation. How you apply those now is different, but the principles upon which it's based are timeless and they've been in use for a long time. So I'll give you a couple of examples and then Evan, let me know where we could go that would be most sure. useful. Probably like most of you in um, the shock, the initial shock, the primary thing that we started with as an organization, and I've heard so many that do this, is empathy. Um, that's out of our habit five, seek first to understand, then to be understood. And typically the habits build when you're a person building them into your life. Um, but it was and is a time to start with first for your employees. Are you healthy? Are you safe? And also then for your clients, what's happening in your environment and how can I help? That was our first really instinct and use of the principles to say, what can we do to help? Let's listen to what people are asking for. In fact, we created a uh, seven habits coach. It's free. 
and anybody can can enroll in it for individuals also started to put out our education tools leader in me education for people who had children at home it was oh, really so, what okay, can we so, do but tell everyone how they get those things because they're going to want to oh know. because they're free franklincovey.com yeah. And then you would look for the seven habits coach and also in the education section on leader in me tools. And it's, it's using the seven habits with those of you who have children from K through 12 at home. Yeah. So I just want to just quickly comment. Um, first off, I think values principles are things that are really easy when everything's going great today or now is when it really is the gut check. Is it, is it, a, is it a true value? Is it a true principle of, of the company? Mm -hmm. uh, and we actually did exactly the same thing you did. We went through an exercise and said, what could we do yes. to have an impact in the world? And we chose to create an online training course. Uh, and, and by the way, if anyone wants to email me, um, I'd be happy to send it to you. We have it scorm based too, but we, in Spanish also, on the habits of how to keep yourself safe and we use all the CDC stuff, but we also go a lot further. Uh, so we, we have shared this now. The entire franchise community has access to it on the IFA website. I've shared it to scary. I've shared it with so many people. We think we're probably close to a million views. And that really makes the company and the employees, you know, because if you think about it, if some of those habits, because we we talk way too much about ourselves, but anyhow, some of those habits are about how to create a safe home, how to, you know, shower when you get back and, you know, a lot of things that, you know, it, you know, just imagine if we stop one person, how great wow. that would be. And so, um, you and, gave and, me and, a chill. So I'm glad you talked about it and you know, you'll have to send it to me. I have your email address, Evan. <laughs> okay. Excellent. I, I'd be <laughs> delighted to, to, to send it to anyone. And, and my email address is ehackle at, Tortal.com for those that uh, don't that don't know it, and you can always go on our trainingunleash.net website and and just make a request there too. Anyhow, back to back to okay. So you start you started with empathy, which I think is fantastic. The seek first to understand, then to be understood, which is habit five in the model as it builds, and I think we continually have to do that. There are clients that we're dealing with that are thriving. There's some industries that are thriving. There are some that are pivoting. What are we going to pivot to effectively? And then there are some that are really suffering from devastation. So how do we help them and keep that relationship alive? Really, I think empathy is a continual theme right now in how we start. Um, and, and then as we thought about, you and I uh, discussed before we started today, one of the habits that's most well known is begin with the end in mind. How do we help clients in any of those circumstances, thriving, pivoting, or really devastated? How do we help them most effectively with what we offer, with what we offer? Um, so really that begin with the end in mind. And also how do we get to the point when there is a recovery, folks are prepared to work with us effectively, right? And so we have that end in mind out there. We're just like everyone else. We don't know when that will come. It's an uncertain time. Uh, I think probably the biggest habit that had an impact on us was um, there's a model in habit one, which is be proactive. All the habits start with a verb. Yeah. We've talked, be proactive. There's a model called circle of influence, circle of concern. And it applies to individuals, but we did it as an organization. So 
what you do is you just literally in a strategic session, what are all the things we're concerned about? Stream of consciousness. Some organizations, um, ours included, many organizations, uh, what's our cash runway? How do we keep our client relationships alive and thriving? You know, what do we, of course, we started with employees. How do we make sure everybody's adjusting to kids at home and working from home? And here's all the things we're concerned about. And out of that, as an organization, what can we influence? And both as an organization, as an individual, it's, it's about what are your strengths? What are you strong at that would be helpful in this particular environment? Of course, knowing we started with empathy. And that's how we got to strategically, how are we adapting in this environment? You know, I think that's interesting because I want to ask you about habit three, which is first things first. Right. And, um, and, and did you utilize that? And, and, if, and if so, how? Yes. And, and maybe share some of the changes you've actually have made. A lot. <laughs> so I'll share both around habit one and, and the choices that we made and habit three, put first things first. So we're a training service provider, a performance improvement organization. So we offer uh, services around leadership development, around executing. I know Chris McChesney's been on your webcast before, executing against your highest priority, sales, and so on. So as you think of putting first things first, there's a couple of ways uh, clients access our services. One is we had consultants that did deliver live face-to-face. -face. Hopefully they will again. Tons of it. Tons of it. Yeah. Uh, we also certify client facilitators to deliver, and many of those did that live. One of our key strengths, as you look at our circle of influence and um, also putting first things first, is for 10 years we've been delivering live online, very interactively, have a well-built-out tool, um, and also can do it, of course, on other tools. And we were an immediate pivot to how do we get content, services, processes out to our clients live online. They may not even know we do it. It wasn't that big of our big part of our business. So first thing was really ensuring that all the clients that have worked with us live knew about live online capability, could experience it. And also if they were certified facilitators in their organizations that we were helping them build that capability it was literally and still is number one. Number two, like as it. you look at it is, and I'm sure uh, those of you who are in that are training providers, service providers, also how do we service our existing clients effectively? People who have all of our content via a subscription, we do offer you know, our on-demand, our live online, our live via subscription. How do we best service them right now? and really ensuring that our number two, and that this is very clear, our number two, in addition to getting those that we knew needed help with delivery, getting to those that have our content, we developed particular learning journeys that were focused on remote workers, change, right? So using content they already had, 
right? So unlike yours that developed new, new content and had that out there, this was, you guys have all this content, let's just show you how you can use it in this environment. Interested in Tortle's learning management system? Why not try it for free today? Tortle is offering a free LMS for up to 25 users. With Tortle's easy-to-use self-authoring tool and free quick start guide, you'll have courses up in no time. Sign up today and you'll experience one of the easiest-to-use LMSs in the marketplace today. To learn more, visit tortle.com forward slash LMS. So let me ask you a question because I'm very curious. What I have found in this world today is that customers of ours mm -hmm. are in full out, uh, these are categories, they're not all sure. in this, but they're, they're either in full out, you know, survival mode, you know, just, you know, like we have, you know, clients that are, you know, 1600 hair salons with two open. Yes. Um, yes. And then we have clients that, actually are in businesses that are, that are pretty busy uh, because they, you know, they happen to be in, in industries that are, you know, not as affected. Yeah. Uh, although that's not the majority of our clients. Mm -hmm. um, and then we have people in, in massive transformation and we find it difficult. And I'd be curious what you have found and, and is how do you have a conversation about how you can be of support with a, a getting someone's attention and not feeling like you're trying to take advantage of something when they're really in a tough time. Yeah, I totally agree, which is why I think we started with empathy. So if I were talking to you, Evan, I would want to know, how are you? What's happening? How are you adapting? Can I help? Right? That was our first conversation, by the way. Right. <laughs> I'm sure we did the same thing. And um, being really clear that that's the only reason we're calling. Um, and again, like you said, everybody's in a different place organizationally. The, the most effective, if you think of our, my, my number one and number two, were clients that were continuing to want to utilize the resources. You know, um, Ken Taylor, the president of the cheap, he's trainingindustry.com. He put out yesterday that uh, trainingindustry.com has had an 8,000% increase in people searching on virtual instructor-led training, VILT, and, and you know, yeah. helping with remote work. So really making sure they knew places with assets they already had or work they had scheduled that they could utilize. They may have had a totally different initiative going, but ensuring that they know okay, but you have these resources and you're in a subscription model, so how can we help you best utilize them? And of course, there are people that are saying justifiably, I can't talk right now. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Um, and, I, and then there's some that's saying, I do want to talk. Let's put it out two weeks. And then there are some that are saying, okay, show me how to best utilize because the things that training industry saw searched on, they're interested in. I, I think it's a different balance in talking with your clients just to ensure you stay in touch with what they most need. Yeah. And I, th I think, you know, it's, it really goes back to your, to your habit of seek to understand. Yeah. Um, I mean, that, that is an excellent il il illustration of, of that. Yeah. So we, we focused on what we could influence 
you know, putting aside all the things that are so uncertain and that we can't influence, how to keep um, that empathy up both internally with our employees. And if you're like us, we've, you know, made sure that we could adapt to schedules. Some people have young children at home and this online learning needs parental as the teacher assistant, right? So adapting schedules internally and then really ensuring that we're adapting appropriately to our existing clients as our, our number one priority. So a little off topic, but you know, what do you think the future of working will be after this? Now our company was totally virtual and has been for seven years and we love it and we have loved it and it's been given people amazing flexibility and work-life balance. But a lot of companies, I mean, I, I was uh, just uh, actually technically texting to be clear with a, a, a person that I know really well who uh, was like just saying, oh my God, I, this work at home thing, we were so nervous about it, but it's like amazing. And I, I'm like, I, I know. But I mean, I think it's going to change the world. Um, I, I mean, you and I are, are guessing, but I would agree with you. Um, we, if you think of our sales and consultant force, those that are face-to-face -face with clients or are live, um, they all worked from, they do still, but had for years worked at home. So their meeting with the client previous to being live might, may have been just like you and I are right now. Um, but we've been working at home in the U S and Canada for years. Now, the big difference is of course we did go face to face, but I can tell you something. I, I just recently talked to a client and um, you, you talked with Chris McChesney about the four disciplines of execution. Clients hire us to help them execute on their highest priority. And they typically need an executive team to say what that highest priority is. And then they work with managers to make sure that it gets executed on. Kind of yeah. a, a quasi consulting process um, that goes through a very, you know, set track. We are doing that um, live online using a bunch of tools, the breakout rooms, you know, putting you into your breakout room to work on it, coming back, annotating the board. And interestingly enough, our clients are finding they're very interested in continuing this way because their investment with us was a very small piece of the puzzle. The investment was the travel to get the executive team in one room and to feed them and to have everybody fly in. Um, and so they're looking at it saying, huh, now that I see that you can manage it versus us all just being in a go slide by slide yeah. webinar, um, we're kind of interested in looking at this for the future. Let's do this right now because most of the things they're executing on are really urgent based on right now. But, uh, I wonder about that to your question, if we might end up doing even more. I, I think so. Um. We, we as a, a company, uh, we do a thing called a, rap, a rapid design curriculum uh, workshop, and it's a two-day interactive thing. And you're right, the biggest expense is the people, their time. Uh, we have done them virtually in the past, but everyone will know we want to do this in person. It's too important. And, and now we're starting to do them virtually again. And, you know, the nice thing about virtually is it's a two-day workshop, but if you're doing it online, it doesn't have to be a two-day workshop. It could be four half days so that people can be productive during half the day and they don't get burnt out as much. Yes. And there, there is 
if you really, if you embrace technology, and by the way, my first virtual convention was in October after 9-11. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, because we had a convention scheduled to start on 9-13. Oh. So un unfortunately, I had 125 people in the air. I mean, oh. the good news is they all got home safe, but it, yeah. you know, it, you know, it was, you know, now what do we do? And of course, you know, flights weren't flying and all that stuff. So we chose to do a, a virtual convention. And what we did is instead of, you know, trying to do it all day, we just did two hours a day for about five, for five days. And, and we covered things and, and, you know, back then the technology is nothing like the technology is today. Right. Um, and there's some really cool polling stuff, but let let's shift because we're not going to have forever. And uh, I'd like to talk about the seven habits and people, yeah. Because I totally believe that the seven habits are are things that you as a person should focus on yourself. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, I'm, I'm going to turn it over to you because you are the expert. Well, thank you. Let's let's talk about individuals um, and your listeners in whatever phase of that industry category we put them on, whether they're thriving, um, really in disarray and challenged, or if they're pivoting. Um, we talked about choice being the number one uh, element, and that is, I think, so foundational to anybody else. Is I even said this when we were in really great times. People would say, "Give me career advice." And I would say my number one career advice is to always say, what can I do based on the situation I'm in? What can I do? Right. Yep. And um, once you get to that choice, I think the other habits start to flow out of that. So we talked about begin with the end in mind. One of the exercises that is really interesting right now is if you wrote down all the key roles that you have, right? You have an organization that you lead, you're a parent you're a partner, you've got friends, uh, you know, work, all of those and thought, okay, what do I want people to say about me when the crisis abates? I'm not talking that. about go do your personal, we, we in, you know, in our workshops and in some of our content, we'll take it all the way out to what tribute would you like at your retirement or at an 80th birthday party, which is really, really motivating. But I'm thinking right now, what do you want if you're in very close proximity in your house or at distance at work, what do you want people to say about you and how you acted and if it was alignment with your values? And I think having that vision out there every day, if you're like me, there have been times when I've been, let's say, exhausted by the current environment sure. or irritated by the proximity of the person that's in my house with me, <laughs> who I love dearly, have been married to for many, many years. But um, what do I want them to say about how I was right now? And that's habit two. That's the habit of purpose and vision. Um, going to habit three, then how do I spend my time and what kind of things do I need to do to be more effective? I've personally had to take up my technology skills. They were okay. You and I could have had this conversation. They were fine. Yeah. But um, what do I need to do to be more effective in this environment? How do I need to talk to my husband, speak with my husband, even though I'm a little worn down with the pace of change? Um, how about the people that I work with, right? 
that empathy can be tiring. How do I keep my energy up and putting those first things first? And then really, as you look at, we call those public victory because I can control what I choose, what I want people to think about me, and if I'm behaving in alignment with my values. When you get to the relationship habits, it's harder. But um, the first one, think win-win, notice the word just says think. I think we talked about our conversation is how do we think about that with our clients? What really would be a win for them? How do we think about it with our son or daughter? Yeah. Um, but, you know, if that are disappointed because there is no college graduation and, you know, the easy thing to say is, oh, it'll get better. But really, how do we use habit five, seek first to understand, then to be understood, which is pretty much the habit we spend the most time on when we're working with individuals or organizations is not thinking about understanding with the um, intent to reply, to judge, to agree, to disagree, but really for me to stop and think, okay, I am going to try to stop this running train in my mind and really understand how Evan thinks and feels about this. Yeah. I think that one's the most critical right now, especially with family. You know, I, I've taken that principle and I, I use the term, seek to learn the kernel of truth. So instead of listening to why someone is wrong, listen for that, what is right. Maybe they're all right, or maybe just a teeny tiny piece they're right. But if you seek to seek that kernel of truth to understand, it's just a different way of saying the same thing. Uh, it's amazing the transformation that happens in your life when you're not listening to an opening for you to speak or you're not listening for why they're wrong. Um, and I know for me personally, that was a big issue is I didn't come across like I was listening to seek why they were wrong. In fact, I think people would think like I was really involved because I'd ask all kinds of follow-up questions and really seek to understand quote unquote, but really what I was seeking to understand is why they were wrong, how I could prove them wrong. And then I go, Jennifer, I listened to you and I asked you this, this, and this, and this, and this is why I'm right, 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 right. And then when the transformation happened, I realized the win-win, getting back to your habits, that, that come from seeking to understand. So I, I really... Well, what that was beautiful. I actually got a bit of a chill, Evan, because what you were doing is using... And tell me how you say it again, the kernel of truth, the kernel of truth. You're trying to think win-win. Is there something here that we can both, um, that I can work with? And do I really understand how they think and feel? I actually have struggled with this as well. If you think about yourself in leadership roles, um, at least at the beginning, well, I'm the leader, so I should solve it. So let me just have Evan very quickly tell me three things. I've heard this so many times before, solution. And then I would find I was solving something that wasn't even the problem. Totally, totally. And it, you know, it's, in, it's interesting, you know, first of all, I've run a you know, $5 billion business. And um, so I have a lot of experience in leadership. And right. I talk to people and I'm, you know, all about engaging people and, you know, my consulting company is Engage Consulting. Right. And, and a lot of people go, well, they expect me to know the answer. If I ask, then it shows weakness. And I find it to be the exact opposite. And of course, one of the things I love about Chris's work with the four distinctions is he's really about engagement. 
uh, and he does it in a really cool way. And if you want to know what that is, listen to, to Chris's episode, Chris McChesney. And, um, the it, Four it, Disciplines of Execution. Thank you. See, I'm very dyslexic and I, I tongue-tied. But, uh, but you got his name right. Yeah, I know. That's, that's amazing. <laughs> um, and uh, like you and uh, like Victoria, everyone from your organization is so nice and pleasant. You know, it's, uh, oh, thank you. Thank uh, you. So, um, I mean, what you did is really illustrate, I think for us right now, um, listening with the intent to understand, sometimes that just requires that you don't say anything. Yeah. If you're not great at it, nod and, and have them keep listening, but in your personal, um, and I think the anxiety um, that we're experiencing right now, sort of a low grade, when will this end? Things are uncertain. I don't know. That raises the importance, and you said this at the beginning, of really doing our best to fulfill the vision we put down in the purpose and do our best to maintain and even deepen our relationships when it's hard. It's different yeah. if it's easy, but it's hard right now. So when, when I first read the book, which was not 30 years ago, but it was maybe 20 or 25 years ago. Yeah. Now, now I'm sitting back and thinking about it, but it was a long time ago. I loved the book. And, um, and it's interesting because I listened to a, a consolidated version of the book this weekend to get ready for this, for this event. And it was so clear to me that I had ingrained these principles into who I be and mm -hmm. the companies that I run. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I guess the question I want to ask is, I don't think reading your book is enough. How do you create the habit of actually ingraining these principles into your business and into your personal life? It's a great question. Um, and you're in the industry, you're a leader in the industry. Um, I could turn it back and say, how did you ingrain them? <laughs> I, actually have, I actually have an answer, but I, I, I don't want to steal your thunder. So I'll tell you how we work with organizations to do that. And then I'd love to hear how you did it individually. Yeah. I mean, it's called a habit. So it isn't, you do it once and call it good. It has to be, as you said, ingrained. And so like many organizations, as we bring this work, whether people are using it for onboarding or to create a common language when they do mergers and acquisitions or as their approach to emotional intelligence, right? Bringing emotional intelligence, we always have um, what, what we would call a learning journey, right? pre-work, some personal, sometimes 360 or, or, or assessments, actual learning, and it might be spaced, like you said, 90 minutes at a time, especially when it's live online delivery, um, e-learning that supports it. Uh, even if someone's a manager, that they could take it to their team and say, let's remember this. Usually there's implementation, seven habits in seven weeks. And frankly, we do a fair amount of reinforcement coaching in groups, right? You're yeah. working on this habit for this amount of time and how's that working? It's got to be at least some amount of time. It can't, and all your listeners know this, you can't just have one training experience and have it be integrated. And that, that is so true. And, you know, it's like, you know, blended learning. 
which is right. you know, this very big term, you know, and, and, you know, blended learning is best. That's, you know, quote unquote, the term. And, and, and I think it's somewhat true, but what really is repetitive learning is key. Yeah. Right? Agreed. <laughs> and, and I think blended learning is great because you get to see things from different perspectives. Um, and you learn, you know, the more different ways you learn. Um, but for me personally, um, it really comes from use. Yeah. Right. So you learn when you use, you learn when you teach. So um, when I read the book, uh, it was given to me by a person within the company. And then we decided this is many, many years ago to build it into the training of what we do as a company. And for us as a, as a company to teach people to teach the habits. Yeah. Teach to learn. Teach to learn. So, you know, you can, people listening can teach your kids the habits and you know, I would just say also, you know, read the habits and then pick up the book a month later and read them again and then ask yourself. And then, um, you know, as a review tool, and, and this I think could apply to today really well, is when you think about your business and your strategies, ask yourself, are you living with the habits? Are you, yeah. have you followed those habits? And, you know, which goes, goes back again, and I think it's, habit three and you know your habits better than I know my habits you know which is first things first is it habit three yes sir yay Yay. Um, and and really you know when we're in the midst of change and we are in the midst of change yes understanding how to prioritize and how to look at and you guys do a pretty good job with your matrix Mm -hmm. um you know and you know are you you know are you doing that and 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 things things of that nature Um, I think you're right I mean it like any habit, if you've decided, um, I mean, let's choose one that everybody knows, I'm going to eat better or I'm going to exercise more or something. It requires a persistence and in, in life, at least for me, sometimes you fall off. Yeah. Right? Sometimes you fall off and there's alignment with other things. If you think about teaching people coaching skills, Coaching skills are often based on helping that person tap into the strength of where they've done this before or uncover their own answer, not creating a dependence on you, but their ability to solve it. And there's so much overlap. I found myself sometimes thinking that conversation did not go well. What did I do wrong? And then you go back and think, oh, I interrupted them. I solved it too early. I wasn't trying, like you said, to look for their kernel of truth. I was just trying to win. And, and you kind of know it if that's what you really know is your value that now you're misaligned. It feels yucky. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think that's very true. I, we could talk forever. I know. But we're, we're at the end. You've already nicely given your offer already. I always ask, you know, if you had to give somebody one tip, what would that be? And I'm at now asking you that question. I would say, um, and, and I've mentioned it a couple of times in this webcast, to recognize that our greatest freedom in times of challenge like these, or in times that are less challenged, or in any situation, our greatest freedom is the ability to choose how we act, how we behave, regardless of what's going on around us or inside of us. I think that's a great tip, especially for now. Um, and I and I just want to take and go back to what you said. 
you know, if people took the time to create their vision of what they want to create and who they want to be and what people will say afterwards, and they work towards that vision, this time at home can actually be the greatest time of their life. And someone shared with me uh, this, and I'm saying that because I didn't validate it, probably should, that Isaac Newton during a pandemic was in high school. And during that time, he created calculus, which really, yeah. And, you know, like, so, you know, what, you know, what is, you know, what is that, you know, here, the one, I think the one habit we haven't talked about, and I was going to ask this question I never did, which is what's the one habit that people don't talk about that they really should. To me, it's saw, you know, sharpen the saw. Yeah. And we actually have saw meetings in our company and we give a certain amount of time to all of our developers because we develop custom e-learning to go out and find new software and play and do something. And then everyone comes, Joe, Hey, here's what I built, you know, sharpening the saw. And, and now is probably as good a time as any time to sharpen the saw, to get your whole team, you know, that, you know, if you have downtime and you, you know, and you're investing in your team while waiting for this transition to happen, you know, to make it pur purposeful. Oh, I so, I mean, I so agree. It's surround, if you ever see the model, it surrounds all the others because yeah. really you are the tool that you have, you. Yeah. And doing everything that we talked about is, and I can say this from experience, it's not a judgmental, it's, I know because I've gone down this path. If you are physically, mentally, social, emotionally, or spiritual, which we say whatever brings you meaning, yeah. um, if, if those are exhausted, it is really a lot harder to be effective, right? Yeah. Um, so I, I love that challenge. I love that challenge of what can you do, whether it's your team going out to look at other software and getting that mental stimulation and looking at new ways, or what can you do in this time frame? Um, because I know uh, so many people, myself included, get exhausted. Yeah. So yeah. how do you keep the strength up? A good friend of mine and a leadership trainer, Michael Strasner, I don't know if you ever heard of him or not, but he's written a few books and very talented guy says, you're either motivated by fear or motivated by vision and you get to choose which. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's very true. You've been a fabulous guest. Thank you very much. I want to thank the audience for taking the time to listen. I want to wish everyone well and safety and, and to make this an amazing time and experience for yourself. Thank you, Evan. I appreciate the time. Pleasure. This has been Training Unleashed, but it doesn't stop here. Just go to trainingunleashed.net to subscribe to the show. That way you'll never miss an episode and you'll be well on your way to delivering training programs that are off the chain. We'll talk to you next time on Training Unleashed. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.